Hello everyone, this is Brooke and you're listening to the Vintage Gardener podcast, which is where I give you tips and tricks in gardening, particularly if you are like me and you garden in southern New Jersey, which is zone 7A. So today, we are not going over fertilizer, and I am so embarrassed, and I do apologize because I know I've been promising a comparison or or a product review of the various organic fertilizers, the fertilizers that I've used, what I thought about them, that sort of thing. And to be quite honest, I'm still doing it. It's just that I've been researching and You know, gardening is one of those things you never know at all. And no matter how much you know, there's always so much more to learn. And that is the issue that I've been having because the more I've uh, I've dug into it, the more the more stuff I find that I didn't know. I've had to stop and research other topics, and so it's been it's been pretty intense. And so I am doing slides, and I'm hoping that you know within the next week or so. Actually, I'm not even going to say that. <laughs> I'm hoping to get it up shortly. I, let's put it this way. I want to get the that particular podcast done before the growing season starts. So you kind of already have the information. But like I said, it's taking me a little longer than I thought. So today I'm going to be talking to you about a uh, gardening trend. And that is uh, winter sowing. So without further ado, winter sowing 101. Okay, so what is winter sowing? Um, you know, if you've been, if you follow anybody on YouTube uh, with respect to gardening, then you've seen winter sowing videos. As a matter of fact, you've probably been inundated with winter sowing videos, and it kind of seems like that's kind of like the trendy thing to do right now. And so maybe you're thinking, oh, here's another person jumping on the uh, winter sowing bandwagon. Well, I wasn't. To be quite honest, I was winter sowing before this became an it thing to do. So rather than going into the, you know, dry aspects of what winter sowing is, let me tell you about my journey, because I think a lot of you guys are probably uh, coming to consider winter sowing for the same reasons I did. So I moved into my last house, which I called Wild Leaf Cottage in 2016. And I moved in, I think it was in June of 2016. So that winter in 2017, I decided that I wanted to try my hand at growing some plants from seed. With Wild Leaf Cottage, I was looking to do a cottage style garden. And some of the plants that I wanted were either number one, just um, not available in garden centers, or if they were available, they were very expensive. So I started researching how to grow plants from seeds. Because prior to that point, when it came to gardening, I was strictly a go to the garden center and buy a plant 
kind of girl. I was never one for starting anything from seed. As a matter of fact, uh, growing up, my mom always bought plants. That was not something that I ever, ever saw her did. So that's just something that was completely out of my wheelhouse. So I started seeing that you had to have grow lights and seed starting mixes, germination mats, you know, creating like, you know, mini greenhouses, kind of creating like mini you know, germination chambers. And so then I started looking into um, grow light systems and uh, they were very expensive. Like uh, Lowe's had one by Ferry Morris. And given the fact that it was only for a single tray of seeds, I was just, because I wanted to start more than a single tray, I was just like, oh my gosh, to get all that I need, it was really expensive. You know, I went online, it went to Gardener Supply, their grow light system is extraordinarily expensive, kind of prohibitively expensive. And, you know, there wasn't like, there just wasn't a lot of options in terms of grow lights in um, the store. Not like there is now, like when I went into Lowe's, you know, a couple weeks ago, they had, you know, some, they had a bunch of grow lights in different lengths and it was just, you could kind of create your own. And, and I totally appreciate that now. But when I started looking a few years ago, that was just not an option. So then of course, um, I had another problem, which is space. Those grow lighting systems do take up a lot of space. And my last house was 1,200 square feet. It was a Cape Cod. I just did not have, I really didn't have anywhere to put a grow light system in my house. It just, it just wasn't going to work. So then I started researching, like, do you really need one? Can you do it without it? And so then there were some people who were growing things without a grow light system and so basically you need to pick the sunniest exposure in your house and you know and turn you turn the the um, tray like every day a quarter turn to make sure that the plant didn't start you know growing in one particular direction due to like phototropism that sort of thing and then they also recommend that you have like a fan because you know you need to keep the fan on the plants so that they you know to kind of mimic outdoor conditions and that sort of thing and so you know I decided to do it in my living room space because I had a south facing window um, I had a ceiling fan, so I left that on and I was trying to do the quarter turn, you know, but I had issues. I had issues like, you know, the seeds damping off and, you know, with those seed starting mixes, it was really hard to keep it moisturized. And so I think I, you know, I didn't have a lot of germination for that reason. And even despite my best efforts of turning it, you know, a quarter every single day, I was still getting very stretched out plants. Uh, some of them, so I, I did, I did have to start restart some of them a couple of times because it just didn't work. And I think at the end of the entire process, I was able to, I tried transplanting, I think they were hollyhocks, and I tried doing the whole hardening off process, but it kind of didn't work because I know I've mentioned it in another podcast that I am an attorney, and so, you know, with the time constraints of my job, it just does not lend itself well to 
the hardening off process. And so I actually, I think I started my hardening off process much later and hoping that because the weather was warming, that would kind of aid rather than trying to do it when it was cooler. And so I think, as I recall, what I ended up planting were some hollyhocks and they were tiny little things. And I was like, well, maybe they'll, um, maybe they'll just, once they're out in the sunshine, they get established, they'll be fine. And they were not fine. They, yeah, they just, they didn't survive. And so I was very bummed. Um, I did talk to a coworker and they were explaining why, you know, you needed the grow lights and that sort of thing. And I was like, well, man, I had it in a Southern exposure window window. And um, basically it was just like, yeah, that's still not enough sun. And so I remember started researching like, I guess the, the lumens of the sun as opposed to any light whatsoever and realizing that no matter the brightness of the light, even though I was using sunlight, you know, I had indoor lights that it just wasn't the same. So that summer, I remember that I had leftover um, sunflower seeds, cosmos and hollyhock. And I kind of looked at, you know, could I grow something outdoors? And the person I talked to didn't really know much about direct sowing. And so, you know, especially when she's saying, well, no, no, they really need a lot stronger light. I was like, well, you know, in the past, people didn't have grow lights. So, you know, what, what did they do? So anyway, I threw some sunflower seeds, cosmos seeds, and hollyhock seeds out into front flower bed. And quite frankly... I think I just did it because I didn't want to waste the seeds because I was like, okay, I don't think this is going to work. And I was like, okay, I guess this is it for my seed starting. This is just not my thing. And so I was flabbergasted when not only did they sprout, but I went on to get blooms from the sunflower and cosmos. And then the following year, I got blooms from the hollyhock because those particular hollyhock were biennial. And so there was no stretching out. The, the stems were nice and strong. Uh, they weren't, and I just, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. And so then I started doing research um, into direct sowing. And so then I saw things about having a cold frame to kind of get a jump on the season. And so I did get a cold frame and by King Canopy and I put it over my vegetable bed because I was like, well, I'll do the vegetables. And then if I have other things, I'll also start other things out here too, because, you know, I realized that the cold frame was really mimicking, you know, the outdoor conditions. I don't know if that at that time I really appreciated the whole cold stratification thing. I just knew that I was flabbergasted that plants actually, if you threw direct sowed them, actually would come up and come up well. So that year I did get some vegetables. I don't, I can't remember. You know what? I think that particular year I was having some, I believe some medical issues. And so I really didn't get to start the flower seeds. I did, vegetables was pretty much all I can manage because I just really wasn't, Uh, feeling well that year. And 
I was surprised because in the flower bed where I had the sunflowers, uh, the cosmos, and the hollyhock, sunflowers came back. And at first I didn't realize it and thought they were weeds. And then I forgot what happened and I realized, oh shoot, that's a sunflower. I was ripping out all these sunflowers and I was kind of upset with myself. And I was very surprised because, you know, when I was reading the pack on sunflowers, it was saying, you know, not to you know, put them not to direct sow until after your last frost. And I was like, okay, I thought the, you know, the weather should have, you know, killed them. Also, some of the cosmos came back. And so I was just completely bewildered as to how this happened. And so I went back to the drawing board and started doing a lot more research. And then I hit on winter sowing. And then I realized with the, you know, with the cold frame I had, that's kind of really what I was doing was winter sewing. Um, into, going into 2019, that winter, I didn't do winter sewing because I was planning to sell the house. And so I was not trying to start up any new gardening projects. But I did do a slight experiment uh, with the sunflowers. So I just wanted to see if what had happened was a fluke. So in March of that year, I got a little cup, um, one of those peat pots, and I put some soil in it and I put um, some sunflower seeds. And I actually um, planted it outside in March and I knew we were supposed to get some freezing and some coals. And wonder of wonders, it actually, it came up. So it, I was like, okay, this is not a fluke. And um, I think I also didn't, I think I also used just regular s- soil from the ground rather than a potting mix. And so once that happened, I realized that, you know, winter sowing was a viable option for me. So then fast forward to uh, early 2020, when I got, had yet another uh, cold frame, I started seeds. I used seed starting mix, but it was like poppies and all this other, all these um, cold hardy annuals. I was following the calendar laid out by Florette and I was getting great germination. Of course, my greenhouse flipped over a couple of times and destroyed everything, but it was really, it really was working out. Uh, The one issue once again that I was having was keeping the, uh, the soil mix um, sufficiently moist. I did a much better job though, because I had a really good germination this year, which only happens if it's properly moist. But I did have I did have some damping off, but not as bad as it, as I had been having inside the house, and so yes, that's how I that's how I was doing winter sewing. So this year I am expanding it. I have created a twenty one hundred square foot parterre garden, and so you know how many plants do you need for twenty one hundred? you know, square foot space. I have no idea. I actually did ask this guy at a garden center and his response was a lot, (laughs) Uh, which was kind of not helpful at all. And so I'm going to try to start between two to 3000 seeds. I'm going to be doing traditional winter sowing and some modified winter sowing. And we're going to talk about that. So what is winter sowing? So basically winter sowing is just mimicking what nature does naturally in a more controlled fashion. 
there are a lot of plants, annuals and perennials, that need a period of cold in order to germinate. Um, Some plants need the cold, wet conditions of winter to break down the seed coat to overcome what's known as seed dormancy and in order to sprout. And there are some seeds that just need the cold so that, for example, when it turns warm, that's what triggers it to start growing. Now, I know I use the term seed dormancy. So what is that? Seed dormancy is what prevents seeds from from sprouting at the wrong time. So typically, you know, plants grow, uh, they flower, they set seed, and then they cast the seeds, you know, out as they're as they're dying in fall. And so the seed coats have dormancy built in so that, you know, with, you know, the changing weather, like, you know, the cold, the damp, breaking it down, by the time the weather starts warming up, it kind of lets the seed know that it's that it's safe to sprout. So that's what seed dormancy is. Now, you may have heard that term because if you're watching me on YouTube, then you know that I've been trying to sprout peonies from seeds and I refer to double dormancy, meaning that in the case of peony seeds, those coats are so thick that it takes two winters in order for them to sprout. So... Uh, that so that's what winter sowing is it's just it's doing what nature does but in a more controlled fashion the nice thing about winter sowing is that you know basically when you plant you know when you're doing it you get to choose where you put your plants whereas for example if you have a plant that self-seeds freely you know it just kind of spreads in the general vicinity where maybe you don't want it <laughs> and sometimes with the, if the wind carries it it may carry it to a different part of your garden and I saw that in my last house because I did have some what they would refer to as annual dahlias which that's going to be a totally different topic for another day and I noticed that I had dahlias popping up in areas where I know I did not plant dahlias and I know fully well there were no tubers in that spot and uh, dahlias do make seeds and so I think but the dahlia seeds are very light and and fluffy and so it's the type of thing that a good wind will totally blow (laughs) uh, dahlia seeds and that's what I was having I was actually having some dahlia volunteers so um you know it does it does happen Uh, So the benefits to winter sowing are obviously you don't need a grow light system. Uh, You don't need special, you know, seed mixes. You can do winter sowing with just regular potting soil uh, because basically you're trying to do what nature does. And in nature, when you direct sow something, you don't sow it into a starting mix or potting mix. You just throw it on the ground and it, it does just fine. And so, you know, you just need a container. Uh, Now, at this point, the milk jug is pretty much synonymous with winter sowing, but you don't have to use a milk jug. In fact, the person that we know who seems to have kind of started this whole trend of winter sowing is uh, Trudy Davidoff, and she has a website called wintersown.org that she started back in 2000. And so winter sowing was something she had tried either in 1998 or 1999, I wasn't really sure which winter it was. And she was using takeout containers. So the the only thing that really matters is that you have a container that you can put holes in for the bottom and you need some sort of lid that's either clear or translucent. That That's really um, 
that's what really all you need. Um, and with the top, you need to have some venting holes in it because you are creating a greenhouse and it does really heat up with that, um, with that system. And, um, yeah, you, so basically you just fill it with dirt. Um, like I said, potting soil is fine. You sprinkle some seeds on it. You know, if you have to bury the seeds, bury them. If you just, you know, if there's seeds need light to germinate, then just leave them out and about and, you know, water them in and then just put them out in your yard. Um, and, you know, check on them. You know, if you're in an area like New Jersey, you know, we get a lot of rainfall and precipitation during our winters. So, you know, I may not need to water them um, at all. Or if you're in a climate that's more dry, you may have to give it some water, you know, periodically. And then, you know, once it starts warming, it should do its thing and come up. So this year I am doing uh, solo cups, a solo cup terrarium. So I have solo cups and I got milkshake lids from the web restaurant store. And because I have a lot, I, I just, I have a lot. I am totally extra. <laughs> and if you're following me on YouTube, you've probably seen the planting design for the parterre garden. And so you know that I'm doing a color wheel concept. And so with the color wheel concept, I am color coding my cup. So basically blue plants in the blue cup, red plants in the red uh, cup. So that way, when I actually go to um, plant everything, it's much easier. Now I am using 16 ounce cups because those are the milkshake lids I found that fit. You know, really, you just want to make sure you have probably about four inches for the plant's roots to grow. Because the thing is, by the time I get ready to transplant, which will probably be May, you know, if they start sprouting in March or April, they have, you know, they, they do grow pretty fast. That's, they need enough space for their roots to grow. And so I have put the ones that I've done thus far, I basically have just put in the raised beds, my raised vegetable beds, because there's nothing going on in there. And that's where they'll stay. Now, I do have another shipment of seeds coming mid-February. And some of those will definitely be winter sowed and placed outside. Some of them I'm probably, I probably will use uh, the cold frame that I have because um, they need Mm, they're going to, they, they are going to need a little bit extra warmth, though the cold frame does not hold heat at night. Okay, so which way should you winter sow? It just depends upon you. If you're looking to do something that's extraordinarily hands-off, then I would recommend uh, getting some sort of plastic containers and just putting them outside. That's probably the easiest way to do it. You know, if you are looking to, I don't know, maybe start some vegetables, especially like cold-hardy vegetables, you know, you might want to do the whole, you know, cold frame over your the flower bed uh, or the raised bed if in the case of vegetables, and you can do like the greenhouse style I had, or like, for example, Shelter Logic has some uh, cold frames that you can put over top of your flower bed. And then of course, the next way is to do what I did last year was just basically put um, shelves and that sort of thing in a greenhouse. And 
kind of, instead of having a indoor setup for starting seeds, just do it completely in your cold frame. So those are the three ways you can do it. Now, the next question a lot of people will have are, how do I know which plants I can, um, I can start doing the winter sowing method? Because not every plant seed can be stirred that way. For example, zinnias. You cannot winter sow zinnias. That's just, you just can't do it. Uh, so what type of plants can you do? Well, perennials, you can do perennials. Um, annuals, as long as they're cold hardy annuals, like for example, things like pansies, larkspur, um, anything that requires a stratification. So for example, poppies, they typically tell you to cold stratify poppies. You can also do herbs, uh, like for example, lavender, as long as it's the English variety, because those are more cold hardy, you can do lavender that way, uh, you can do thyme that way, you know, any any type of uh, seed that has, like says, for example, uh, nick the seed coat for germination is something you can do, uh, cold stratify, and let's see. If it says specifically on the pack, you know, you can sow outdoors like so many weeks before, you know, your last frost, that's appropriate. The other thing is to look at the names of the plants. If you have something called a Siberian this or a, a Alpine that, those, you know, that's a good indication it can handle, it can handle frost. Um, if you see things like prairie, you know, names with like prairie, or something, or mountain, whatever, uh, those are uh, plants that, you know, they can rough it. So those are great for um, winter sowing. So if you want a complete and pretty much exhaustive list, uh, you want might want to check out the wintersown.org because um, Trudy does have a huge list of annuals, perennials, and herbs. Now, I will say with some of the uh, vegetables that she has on there, I would be careful because, like, for example, she says peppers on there. Uh, peppers, well, at least in New Jersey, those are not, they're not cold hardy at all. Now, I know peppers are perennial in their native uh, territory, but it's not New Jersey. So I wouldn't cold, I wouldn't winter sow those because peppers do die at the first frost, because <laughs> I had, I've, I've had those before. They, they definitely do. So anyway, that I think is, I think that's all the questions people typically ask when it comes to winter sewing. Okay, guys, so that is it for Winter Sewing 101. So now you understand what the trend is and how to do it. So if you have any questions, you can email me. The email address for my website is vintagegardenernj, and that is all one word, at iCloud.com. Now, I do check my email probably once or twice a day. If you're looking to get a quicker response, you might want to join my Facebook page, which is Vintage Gardener NJ, or you can follow me on Instagram, which is also Vintage Gardener NJ. And of course, you could always go to YouTube, and I'm the Vintage Gardener NJ on YouTube. Um, those platforms have notifications set up, unfortunately. Not so much with the podcast, but um, I wish there were, so because <laughs> I do enjoy answering questions. So that's it. I will see you guys in the next podcast. And thank you so much for listening.